Hey friends and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie Ivey and I'm your host every week and you listen to the happy hour podcast with Jamie Ivey and this is episode number 38 with my friend Jessica Thompson. Now Jessica's been on the show before and I absolutely am a huge fan of hers. She cracks me up first of all and I adore her writing. She has a new book out called Everyday Grace, which I recently finished and highly recommend. I'll put links for that in the show notes over at jamieivy.com. Jessica lives in Southern California. She's an author and a speaker and a mom to three kids, and she's just a great gal. I want to be friends with her in real life. Well, I mean, we are friends in real life. I want to like sit at the dinner table with her in real life um, and hang out. I want to say thanks to Kimberly Kendrick. She sent me a, a message on Twitter, which if you want to find me, it's at jamie underscore ivy. And she said, recently discovered your podcast and have listened to several episodes, really enjoying them. Know that people are blessed. Kimberly, thank you so much. And first of all, your name is so cool. Kimberly, I love it. Um, thanks for listening, guys. If you haven't subscribed, head on over to iTunes and subscribe. You can leave a rating and a review as well. It helps people find the show. We're giving away two copies of Everyday Grace, and I'm actually doing it on Instagram this time. So look for me on Instagram. It's at Jamie Ivy, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y. Guys, I hope you have a great week. Here is my friend Jessica. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I love that you couldn't find your phone because it makes me feel like normal. Oh my gosh. What's so funny, like here's the moral of the story. I was watching the show Nashville. And got a little... (laughs) Got a little too into it? Well, yes. And then lost track of time. (laughs) Then I was like, oh, I can fit in one more... I can fit in one more episode, which makes you know that I've already watched one. Right. And then I I was like 10 or 15 minutes till 11. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know where... I I have no idea where my phone is. I don't know how long it's been missing. I don't know if the kid's school has called to tell me that my child has died. Right, nothing. You, you're out of touch. But all you know is something that, like Raina. All I know is Raina and Deacon are at a pivotal point in their non-relationship. Okay, well, stop right there because I just started Nashville. So don't. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, okay, I've heard, I've had friends talk about it forever and I've just never watched it. And I'm in season one, episode five. That's how new I am. Yeah, so you are now. So I hadn't watched it at all. And my best friend kept telling me, watch Nashville. And I was like, look, I'm a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for such nonsense. I mean, yes. Right? Right. Besides all that, I'm in the middle of The Good Wife. So I can't. (laughs) I keep hearing about that, too. That might be next for me. It's so good. Yeah. So once I finished and got caught up with The Good Wife, then I was like, okay. Slumming it on over to Nashville. Yeah. Now, I mean, I just started and literally, you can just tell me this. Okay. Well, maybe I don't want to know. Deacon and Rena, I just, I'm so worried. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't want them to like. I don't know, ruin their, her marriage, but I don't know if he already did. Cause you know, I'm only in season one, episode five and this girl's showing up before his campaign. And did they, I don't even know what's happening. See, I listen, I'm a good friend and I'm not going to ruin it for you, Okay, but just press on towards the goal. Now is this show still on or is it (laughs) over? I think it is. I think so. So I'm in episode, I'm in, I'm in season three. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's still going. I'll probably be caught up with you by next week. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't don't overestimate the power of Nashville. That's oh. all I'm gonna say. Oh my gosh! I, and the funny thing is, so last weekend I was actually in Nashville. Yeah. And I landed, and you know, inside I'm like, oh, I want to see all the places. Uh huh. But I, you know, who picked me up? The person who picked me up. I was not sure their stance <laughs> on Nashville, so I couldn't. I couldn't express my desires oh. you know, because I needed this person to think I was holy. Of course. Right. Because but then <laughs> the person said to me, oh, do you watch Nashville? And I was like, am I allowed to watch Nashville? <laughs> what do you think if I say yes? <laughs> oh. I mean, hypothetically speaking, if I said yes, would you take me to all the places? Okay. Did you go see the places? I did. I got a picture in front of Bluebird Cafe. Okay. 
Do you know that? I you know don't that. know that yet. Okay. Well, that's going to be a big place. Okay. So, and then driven by a couple of the houses, and I totally was out of control. It's kind of so. like, you know, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights? Oh, of course. Okay. Yes. They filmed a lot of that here in Austin. Yes. And so you can okay. see some of the places. It's great. Right. And which is why I love Nashville, because the girl from Friday Night Lights, the mom, oh, yeah. Raina. Yes. You know? Coach Taylor's wife. Yeah. Tammy Taylor. Yeah, which is huge. I yeah. mean, it's huge. Speaking so. of binge-watching TV, I told a friend this the other day. Aaron was like, hey, have you heard of this show, Friday Night Lights? And I was like, ugh, yeah. <laughs> he said, when did you watch it? And I was like, um, I don't know, last summer or something? He's like, what What do you do during the day? Do you just watch shows? And I was like, you know what? You can just mind your own business. I get stuff done. And every once in a while while I'm folding your underwear, I might watch a show. <laughs> <laughs> and by by watch a show, I mean watch 10. Right. <laughs> all you need to know is that my stuff is done. Exactly. And the kids are ignored. Exactly. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but everyone is eating and we're fine. So yes. it's usually when Aaron's out of town. So I'm like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I feel you. And I'm on a, I'm on a lot of airplanes. Do you watch, what do I, you watch them when you travel? No, I watch other shows. But I was trying to use that as an excuse, and I didn't want you to actually call me out on it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, sort uh, of. But I do watch movies when I travel, a lot of movies. Okay. And I picked the most depressing movies this last time. I was. What'd you watch? Um, Foxcatcher. Did you? See oh yeah, I did that? see that. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, not really. No. It didn't ever. Re nothing was redeemed. No, it was really sad. Uh huh. And then I watched um, Whiplash. Did you see that? You know, I was just on an international flight where, you know, you get like 100 different movies. And everyone yeah. kept telling me to watch it. And I watched the first like 10 minutes and I could not get into it. So I moved on. Yeah. But I heard it's really good. Yeah. That had a redeeming element to it at the end. But it was like both of those. I was just like, ugh. And a lot of times after I speak, I'm sort of already kind of in a low place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you experience that? Yes. I feel like... I feel like my brain doesn't work, and I feel drained. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I get and, it. And sometimes it even kind of leads to, like, we're going to get real serious real fast, like a darkness for me. I think I – did you write about that recently? Or Probably. Did I, is that in your I book? Mean, or why did I just feel like oh, I just yeah, read that you know about what? you? It is in my book. Okay. It is in my book. Yeah. Yes, because I was like, I feel like I had this conversation with you, but I read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like a darkness. So I try not to watch sad movies. Yeah. And then, bam, two, and it wasn't it wasn't a good decision. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you feel like that after you speak? Have you pinpointed it? I think it's a few things. I think it is emotion, like speaking for me, and I don't know if it is this way for everybody, but speaking for me is emotionally, physically, and spiritually draining. Mm -hmm. Like I. <laughs> to use a football analogy, I just leave everything out there, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and I'm in some ways and not physically because this would be scary, but sort of naked. Like I just bear everything. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Yes. And so then I think I feel a lot of condemnation after. And I think I feel a lot of like, oh, that was stupid. Why did I say that? Because this is going to be a shocker to you, but sometimes I say stupid things, and sometimes it's in large groups of people. <laughs> so just that, or I feel like, oh, I shouldn't have told them that about myself. What mm -hmm. are they going to think of me? Yeah. Um, all of it. So I think there's that element, and then I think you're exhausted, mm -hmm. and then I think, I also think it's a spiritual attack. I mean, yeah. I don't, I feel like what I'm doing isn't necessarily what the devil wants me to be doing, mm -hmm. so... I feel like there is an, a spiritual element to it, too. Yeah, I, so. yeah I, I get all of that. I think one of the things for me after I've done teaching, especially if it's like a weekend thing mm -hmm. where you're teaching multiple times, mm -hmm. is preparing to teach is the hardest part for me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm a very slow writer of my stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have been through the ringer by the time I stand up there. Yeah. And I feel like spiritually I have just like, dug into these words and lately for some reason I was telling Aaron this the other day I keep I don't know if it's like people are asking me to do this or the Holy Spirit's just prompting I keep teaching on like the hardest topics ever. yeah like I want to teach on I don't know something really happy and fluffy like 
I don't know. I've been teaching on like, you know, like why just trials in our life and, you know, like second Corinthians 12 about like Paul had this weakness and he said, you know, I rejoice in it. Hello. I'm happy for it. And so I feel like when I'm done that I just feel spiritually depleted. Yes. Like I'm done. Laid it all out. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's no wonder the health of wealth guys do what they do because like if you experience what you teach on then they're getting all oh maybe we should switch to what we're doing (laughs) some days i would that sounds appealing like (laughs) right wow have you ever seen anybody happier than joel osteen i haven't (laughs) maybe maybe his wife (laughs) you're right you're right my bad (laughs) yeah no i just it is hard it's Anyway, I don't, why was I telling you all that? I don't know. Because we but, were talking about Nashville and speaking or something. I oh, don't know. right. Yeah. And the oh, movies, and the I movies watch. you watch. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Coming you know, home is often hard. And I think one other thing is my family is like, I'm no big deal. So you go away and you speak <laughs> and everybody's just kind and encouraging. Yes. And then you get home. And they didn't do the dishes. Right. Do you know? And you're yes, like, oh, you don't, obviously don't know who I am. <laughs> People have I'm been clearing speaker. my plate. Yeah. <laughs> People have been clearing my plate all weekend. Right. And now I come home. Yeah. And I got to do what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Yes. Oh, I so. totally get that. I say re-entry for me, no matter how long I've been gone or where I've been, is so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back into this life is really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. And not that one is better than the other. That's not what we're saying. It's just, they're sometimes so extreme. Like I'm going out of town this weekend with Aaron. We're going Uh to do a conference, but I'll be alone with my husband in a hotel with no responsibilities except for myself. Not even him. He's a grown man, you know? So I have responsible for one person. And so even just that coming home, I'll be like, wait, y'all need me to cook for you like three times a day. Wow. I didn't have to cook for four days in a row, you know? Right. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, even a girl's night out. Yes. It doesn't even matter. Uh-huh. Like you go away and you forget and you come home and uh-huh. you're reminded and it's yes. like, ugh. You know, this brings me to this new book I just read. Yeah. It is called Everyday Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that nope. was so smooth. Wasn't that smooth? Man, that was good. No, but really it just made me think because sometimes if like I go out and this is like I'm not talking bad about my husband, but because I would say this if you were sitting here, but then you come home and like all of the dishes are still in the sink. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I went out and I have to do the dishes. Like something right. doesn't add up, but like it made me think even just, I'm not trying to be joking, but like in your book, you talk about like relationships mm-hmm. and extending that grace. So, um, let's talk about your book. Yeah. Okay. It's so wonderful. I just finished it yesterday. Thanks. Every day I'm glad grace, you liked it. Which I'm confu- I got confused with. Don't you have another book title with grace in it? Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> one of my book titles. And that's not my. Is it grace based parenting? No. So that's a different. That, so it's give them grace is our. Give them grace. Book. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And then whoever I, have I just. Another, yeah. And give. then I have another book called exploring grace. Yes. So that's that the devotional. Is, yeah. The same letters. Mm-hmm. So EG. Yeah. So I don't. That's not. I don't have a lot of say over the title. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. needless to say, if I ever write a book without the grace and the title, without grace and ti- the title, then uh-huh. you can be worried about me because something's happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I when I read this book, I this book. What I love about this book, I'll just give you my personal opinion for everyone to listen to. The tagline <laughs> underneath it is infusing all your relationship with the love of Jesus, and basically, you start out the book with like. There are a thousand and one relationship books that you could mm-hmm. go find. I mean, how many, there are so many relationship books that tell you like 10 steps to be a better friend or mm-hmm. do these five things to be a good mom. And those are all great things, but your book, you're basically like, I have no steps. I just have Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I, that really resonates with me because I'm someone who like, okay, like for example, tell me how to lose 10 pounds. Give me 10 ways. And I'm yeah. going to do them because you tell me it will work. And so if you give me five ways, I'm going to be the best wife. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But you're just like, all of those things will fail and you just right. need Jesus. Right. So well, I personally, loved it. like, even, and I'm not a rule follower, so I would be the opposite. So I would have never thought that you were. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone gives me 10 steps, uh-huh. I can maybe think I can do them for like three days and then I'm, I tap out. Yeah. 
But the thing is, even if I'm doing those steps, that doesn't guarantee that my spouse or my friend or my kids are doing their steps that everybody should be doing, right? Yeah. So then it just leaves me frustrated and self-righteous when I'm doing them. Well, Mm -hmm. when I'm not doing them, it leaves me depressed because I can't do them. Right. Um, I'm bad at it. Real bad. Real bad. I know. Me too. (laughs) Really bad. Yeah. So all I have is Christ, right? We sing that, but truly all I have is Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. And the more I dwell on him and how he's loved me, the easier those relationships are for me. Yeah. One thing that really stood out to me, and I was telling, I had breakfast with a girlfriend this morning, and we both have kids from hard places. And so we're kind of lamenting with each other and encouraging Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. But I was telling her about two weeks ago when I started your book, God really used this book to stir some things in me. And I just had Mm -hmm. a really big come to Jesus meeting about parenting. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I was expecting so much of my children. Mm -hmm. Um, And in a sense where I do expect a lot of my kids, I want them to obey. I want them to be good citizens in this world. You know, I want them to love each other, but I was expecting them to be without sin almost, Yeah. you know? And so I was forgetting that they were nine and seven and 11 And so I really, some thoughts in your books really spurred me and God to move in my heart. Like, you know what? I want my kids to know that I love them because Christ has first loved me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how he says people know. And am I showing them that or am I expecting them too much? So I loved in the book about the expectations. Yeah. And you talked about that with all different areas. But for me, it struck me with my parenting. Like, I'm expecting my kids to be without sin. And that's ludicrous. Right. Well, I think expectation, and David's also says, like, expectation is a planned resi- or a planned bitterness. And I think in the book I talk about expectation being a planned um, resentment. You know, anytime we place expectations on each other, we will end up resenting that person yeah. because they're going to fail. Nobody's Jesus. Right. And we're all expecting it from each other. Yeah. Like, I'm expecting my husband to be my savior. And then alternately, I'm expecting him to worship me as though I'm his. Right. I'm expecting my kids to be perfect. I'm expecting my friends to always be there for me. I'm expecting my parents to parent me perfectly still. Um, Which basically for me now, what that means is you give, like, bless me financially, but leave me, like, stay out of my life. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're all expecting things from each other constantly. And when we can let go of that expectation or actually get a realistic expectation, which is um, we're all sinners. Right. Right. So yeah. not, not to be shocked at someone else's sin yeah. because I, you're, I'm just like them. Mm-hmm. I, if you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. You said that in your book. You like if you said if you want a realistic expectation, just expect to be sinned against. Right, and that I mean, changes everything. It does. I don't think we go around expecting that. Right. At no, all. we don't. Which is why we get so hurt and shocked mm-hmm. by people sin against us. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at who Christ surrounded himself with. Yeah. Every single one of them. Like, if we want to know, okay, who are we going to, what kind of people are we going to be in contact with? Just look at the disciples. Yeah. I I mean, all of them were major screw-ups, which I'm grateful for. Right. Because I can fit in there. Yeah. And then I can say, well, look at how Christ treated that. Exactly. You know, when Peter is about to deny him. I think about Peter, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, you're about to deny me. And and what does Christ say? He doesn't say, no, don't do it. Uh Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't excited about that. It was probably very painful for yeah. him that he did it. But what he says is, when, you, when you've fallen, um, I'm praying for you that your faith won't fail. Mm-hmm. So even in that, like his expectation is not that Peter's going to be sinless. His expectation is that his love will sustain Peter. Yeah. And that's good for us. It is. I and mean, we see that it did with Peter. I mean, right. and the way that Jesus treated Peter afterwards is just the example of how he is for us, you know? And it's also, I think about it. I mean, my life, my big thoughts are marriage and parenting because that's the, Mm -hmm. what I'm in right now. And I think about that with my kids and I think about, they let me down now, but it's in like ways that aren't really affecting us, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they forgot to do the dishes, whatever. Right. But as they get older, they're going to let me down and not, I shouldn't say let me down. They're going to sin Mm -hmm. in ways that are bigger. Yeah. And so I think it made me think I want to be ready for that. I don't want to be shocked by that. I want Mm -hmm. to have arms wide open and I need to be practicing that now with the little things. Yeah. So that when those big things happen, that they know their mom's going to be there for them. That was, I just, oh, I want to be that way so badly. Yeah. And I mean, and we're going to forget that constantly. Mm -hmm. We're going to forget it. Yeah. We're going to go back to trying to build our own righteousness and do everything just right. And when mm-hmm. we're there, when we're, I'm, I'm going to do everything just right. I'm going to build my own righteousness. I'm going to be the best mom. That's when we're most demanding with our children. Yes, yes. Um, and you talk about that too with making idols out of them. Yeah. And I liked it because you, t- and I feel this way sometimes. In fact, our pastor just ter- preached this week on parenting and about making idols out of our children or making mm-hmm. idols out of ourselves and idols mm-hmm. out of ourselves would be like, you're a very disciplinarian parent. Like this, not we can all discipline, but like we rely on that mostly because we want ourselves to look good Yeah. and child based idolatry and parenting would be like, mm-hmm. we just kind of no discipline. And as long mm-hmm. as the kids are happy, mm-hmm. um, but you talk about, and I think about this so much as if my kids grow up to be in my eyes and the world's eyes, complete utter screw ups and failures. Yeah. That that is not my identity. Right. That's a hard yeah. pill to swallow. That is so hard. It is so hard for us to, to, 
to say okay to God in that. I mean, yeah. I think, and I think partially the church preaches, and, and it sounds like your pastor's not, which I'm grateful for, oh, but a lot a of the church, up. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of the church preaches like motherhood is, motherhood is your highest calling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we in that. Yeah. And motherhood is important. But it's not but my first calling. It's not. No. My first calling is I'm a daughter of the king. Right. And if I find my identity there, if I find my identity in what he's already said over me, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I won't look for my identity in my children. And again, mm-hmm. once we start doing that, so, and it can be as silly as I want my kid to be the one who scores the touchdown yeah. because somehow when they make that touchdown, it says something about me as a person. Oh yeah. Like when I say that out loud, it sounds ridiculous. But we but think it's, it. Yeah. It's in my heart. Uh-huh. So it's as silly as that all the way to as big as, okay, if my um, son ends up in jail, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what does that say about whatever, yeah. 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 What does that say about me? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we can, with open hands, say, Lord, however you want to glorify your name in our family, do it, no matter yeah. what the cost. Right. And I think that we can all be like, yeah, that's bad, that's bad. But like you said, with the touchdown, we do it the same way. Like if my kids grow up and they're like, serving the nations and people mm. are coming to know Jesus because of them. And then I start to be like, dang, I was a good yeah. mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I am idolatrizing that my child and I'm taking all of the glory away from God. Like right. it's not about God anymore. It's about me. Yeah. And I don't, you know, we're just, we're just speaking of the disciples. We're just like them. We're just glory. Thieves, you yeah. Know? We just want to be, known. Mm-hmm. It's like, make my name great. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and because we're all the time looking for ways to hide our nakedness, to hide our shame, yeah. to hide who we really are. And if I can use my kids to do that, if I can use my kids to hide who I really am, which is a broken human being, yeah. um, I will use them, which is so ugh, ugly to say, yeah. but so true. Um, but when I can find my identity, when by the Holy Spirit's work, I remember the gospel, when, I, when that's more of my story, like that's my, redeeming love is my theme. When I get there, then I'm free to love my kids and their screw up. Mm-hmm. I'm free to love my husband when he's inattentive to me or has to, a lot going on at work. Right. You know, I, I'm free. Yeah. There's a freedom there. I'm not enslaved anymore to my idols. Right. I'm free. Yeah. You said in here, you said the freedom of the gospel says we don't have to blame anybody else. We can take full responsibility yeah. for our own sin because we have been completely forgiven. And that's just so, it changes the way you look at people when you look at, when you think about your own sin and that yeah. you've been forgiven because of it. It does. So when I say out loud to you, like, I feel some sort of pride in my parenting when my son scores the touchdown. Uh-huh. I can almost laugh at it, uh-huh. you know, like, like that's oh. kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not kind of, it's really silly. Right. And for all the non-sports moms out there who are like rolling their eyes at me, I mean, right. there are things in your life too yeah. that you do the same thing. For sure. Um, I mean, it can be so, or even like, oh, my daughter looks really pretty today. Oh yeah. So that makes me a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm free, when I can say those things, out loud, it, it saps the power out of it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like those secret little sins that we hold on to when mm-hmm. we bring them to the light, it drains power because we see it for what it really is, which is a pile of crap. And then we can see the glory of God, which is so, he's so much better. His love is so much better. Mm-hmm. So then I'm free to admit, like, I'm, I'm a mess up. I'm a sinner. I don't have to hide it from you. And when I can be free and open and honest and transparent about my sin with you, well, you're going to feel like you can do that with me too. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to go around hiding, putting on masks, acting like we're not really as bad as we are. Right. You know, and again, I'm not saying go to every single person and be completely honest about your sin all the time. That's not what I'm saying. No, but you have your people that you can do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody needs to have two or three people Mm -hmm. that they are just flat out ugly with. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. It is. And I think it's important too, because not only do you get to experience, um, grace 
from them and them telling you the grace that God has for you, but you get to reciprocate that and you get yeah. to show them grace and point them to the gospel about God's grace. And right. so it's almost like when you get to be the person that also points, it's almost like a, a reboot in your brain. Like you're yeah. constantly connecting those things together. Like, okay, I'm telling this to her, but I'm also telling this to myself as well. Right. Yeah. You know, right. what, Jessica, as you're talking, I'm like, it is, it would be much, and this seems weird. It would be much easier for me to air some really dirty laundry out on, out to people and be like, God's forgiven me. But it is hard sometimes for those, sen- to, to voice those sins that you could go your whole life and no one would know about. Yeah. Like yeah. cry, like, or like what we just talked about, like putting your children's goodness and badness on yourself, you know, like, yeah, those are more difficult to confess almost. They are. And I think. I think, like, if, if you're in a community that says confessing sin is important, mm-hmm. we've sort of sanitized it. So, for instance, like you said, pride. I might go to my friends and say, gosh, I'm really struggling with pride, which is a lie. Like, I flat out gave into it and thought I was the best ever. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't struggle with it one bit. I loved it. I loved every minute right, of it. Right, I until, see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, until the Lord opened my eyes to the ugliness mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, I think... You know, and then we have these Christian sins that we confess. Oh, gosh, I only read my Bible for 30 minutes. Will he ever right. forgive me? You know, like, oh, I only prayed for you once today. Uh-huh. You know, and I think we we see that the importance of confessing sin to each other, but we sanitize it. Mm-hmm. And if we can get to the place where we're not doing that anymore, there's going to be real power there. There's going to be real freedom there. And, and, you know, as I'm saying that, there are probably people who don't have their girls in right. their life. Oh, for but, sure. And, and, and the beautiful part about this, which just kind of almost brings me to tears thinking about it, is you've got Christ. Mm. Like, you have Christ who calls you his friend and who sympathizes with you and loves you right there. Yeah. So for those people that don't have the two or three, and there are probably a lot yeah. of people who don't have that, You've got him, yeah. and he's better, actually. <laughs> actually, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you talk a lot about that in there, and it was it was a good reminder for me, just what you just said, of like, about him, that he is our comfort, and that he he knows what we're going through, and that he yeah. intercedes the Father on our behalf. Mm. And that is like, I don't think my brain even completely can understand Mm-mm. what that means, is that literally... Jesus is interceding for me mm. to God the Father. Like, honestly, I don't get that. Yeah. But I, I believe it because I believe God's word. And so what an honor that we have someone like that, you know? Right, right. I mean, for us right now. Right, I just yeah. can't even. Uh-huh. It's it's an amazing thought. And, you know, I don't think we, gosh, it's not, that's not a thought I think about a lot. No. But, but I bet if I did... And I I try to remember that. Things change for me when I do. Yeah. I don't feel panicky. Yeah. Um, Anxious, angry. Yeah. It's like, oh, gosh, he's got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's praying for me that I would understand how much he loves me and that my faith won't fail, just like he prayed for Peter. Yeah. Right? He's Mm -hmm. praying that for us right now. Yeah. And my, it's like a a constant cycle because my first thought when I think of that is like, I don't know that I deserve that from him. Yeah. Like I have failed him so much today in the past hour, but then it's this other cycle of like that he chose me and that he loved me before I even loved him. And so yeah. I have to trust and rest in that love, you know? Yeah. And it's hard. It is hard and we're going to fail at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we go back like it's that cycle. Okay. Yeah. It's hard. I fail at it. So again, I, I feel like I don't deserve it. And then it's like, Oh, Grace upon grace upon grace. Grace upon like, grace. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's actually forgiven me of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, okay. But if I think it, okay, I just thought it again. Forgiven. Got it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, he's just, he's too good. Yeah. He's too good to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we, we're not going to get it. We'll never arrive. I mean, except when we're in heaven and we can love him unhindered. Which is and, crazy. I, without yeah, without any thought of how I failed. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? What the relationship with God is going to be like without any thoughts of myself or no, yourself? No, I cannot. I cannot. Yeah, because, because so I much usually of it. think about when I think of Him, 
and everything he's done for me and all the glory and majestic and everything about him, a lot of times my next thought is, gosh, I didn't live up to what he needed today, right. you know? Right. And, yeah. and then I have to like speak the gospel to myself, but we won't have that anymore. Right. That'll be nice. Crazy. <laughs> and to be able to love each other that way too. Yeah. Like heaven isn't just going to be, I mean, we'll be able to experience relationship in its perfect form. Right. So even with each other or whatever that means, and I don't pretend to know, but I know that that's what it, like, we're going to experience relationship. We'll all be there together, mm-hmm. worshiping and loving him yeah. and loving each other without any thought of ourselves. I know. I always tell Aaron that I hope he puts us in the same house together, <laughs> but <laughs> Aaron tells me it might not work that way. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know either. But Some people are like, oh, dear Lord, I hope I'm not in the same house with my husband. <laughs> Or my kids. Right. But everything will be perfect there. There will be none of the, like, you know, false things that you have. You said false expectations a while ago. And let me tell you, I've been married, I don't know how long, 13 years maybe. Yeah. And I'm finally figuring out that if I want Aaron to do something, that I cannot think hard enough about it to make him do it. (laughs) And I have to just tell him, okay? Because I cannot (laughs) tell you. And usually we do for others, like, what we really want to be done. So, for example, every time Aaron goes away on a trip, if it's a long trip, not a weekend trip, and the kids and I will go pick him up from the airport, we always go in and wait for him at the bottom of the escalator. And they love it. And I always want him to do that for me. But usually when I come in from out of town, he's like, I'll just – meet you at the curb. Like, yeah, in his mind, he's you. like, it's way too hard to get all the kids out. Yeah. But I want the kids at the bottom of the escalator. Yeah. So when I was coming home from Uganda a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, um, just so everyone is on the same page, can y'all please come inside to pick me up? <laughs> <laughs> Which it kind of ruined the like sweetness of it, but they were there. <laughs> oh, oh, those so expectations. Oh. <laughs> hey, um, did y'all just have a family vacation? Well, sort of, yes. But did it go a while? Did it go oh, happen? Tell me. Yeah, speaking of expectations, right. exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so spring break for my kids was last week, uh-huh. and it was started Easter Sunday. Was like you know that Sunday was that week would have been Easter break, and yeah. So my husband and I were just like, oh, let's surprise them. Let's. Tell them Sunday morning, like, have it be their Easter present. Get your bags packed, kids. I feel like I'm a game show host. <laughs> Get your bags packed. Everybody's going on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have some serious fun and be the best parents ever. Right. <laughs> so um, we told them that. My, now, my oldest son, he's 16. He is like a roller coaster enthusiast slash total nerd. Okay. Um, he knows, and I'm not exaggerating, he knows like every roller coaster, major roller coaster in the world. He knows like the height. He knows the okay, angle. Okay, that's hilarious. I've yeah. never heard of anyone that loves roller coasters. Okay. Yeah. So like the angle, degree, drop. Mm-hmm. He knows like all the different types. Like, uh, yeah, every name for every roller coaster. Like they have different types. Whatever. Okay. Anyway. Because when he talks about it, my brain shuts <laughs> off. So I wish I could. Oh, like a Zach spin. A Zach spin is a type of a roller coaster. I don't know what it means. I just remembered the name. No okay. idea. Yes. Okay. So we're going to go. We're like, okay, let's go. We're going to go on vacation. And we're going to go to this place that's in the middle of the desert. It's probably 45 minutes outside of Las Vegas. And it's called Prim. Okay. Okay. At Prim is one of the best roller coasters in the United States. It's outside this hotel. It's actually on the state line of California and Nevada. And so it's got this huge roller coaster, wooden roller coaster that's outdoors. And then there's other stuff in the hotel. Okay. Now, Prim is like a little ghetto. Okay. Okay. So there's only, there's three hotels and they're all like, here, this will give you a really good idea. They're like 30 bucks a night. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we tell them. We go to Easter and have a big dinner with my family and my parents and my friends. And then we're like, get in the car, kids. We're driving to Prim. It's like a four-hour drive for okay. us. Uh-huh. Okay. So we drive out there, and everybody's excited, and we get there. And it's night, so the roller coaster's not running. No big deal. We'll just get our rooms and 
Get up tomorrow morning and spend the whole day. We're going to get an all-day pass. You ride that roller coaster 700 times. Right. Right? So exciting. So we get up in the like the, we get out of the hotel, the elevator for the hotel, and I'm like walking down the hall, and there's cigarette butts. Okay? That's the kind of hotel this is. <laughs> and that's up by the rooms. It's right. not even downstairs with a casino. Gotcha. Okay. So we get up there and go to bed, get up in the morning. Now, my son is complaining of a sore throat, my oldest son, the one who loves roller uh-huh. coasters. And I'm like, you know, it's probably just allergies. There's mm-hmm. smoke everywhere. You'll be fine. So we get up in the morning, and um, I look online to see how much the pass is for all day, and it reads, closed during the week. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So I look, my husband and I, neither one of us are planners. You know, we're yeah. just... So y'all we're, just went, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are spur of the moment, and we pride ourselves in Which it. is fun until these moments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And typically, things work out for us okay, but right. this was the biggest fail ever. Oh, no. So we're like, okay, we're just going to let the boys sleep in, because my, my two boys, my 14-year-old, 16-year-old, had a room next to us, and then it was me and my husband and my daughter had a room. And we're like, oh, we're just going to let them sleep in, and then we're just going to tell them. So we're trying to scramble. What are we going to do right. You know, now that this place is closed? Because we're not going to stay here. It's so gnarly. Um, so we decide we're going to drive into Vegas and go to Circus Circus, which also has its own um, amusement park, okay. which is, it's not, it's not one of the world's best, but it's not bad. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we get to cir- we, I call, I get a suite, like a room, which is also super cheap, ridiculously inexpensive. So we go and I call, okay, we just want to make sure we can check in because by, by this point, Wesley has woken up and he's not doing well. Oh, no. His throat is killing him and he has had strep in the past and I just, he was like, this feels worse than anything I've ever felt in my life. So he's got a fever, and I'm like, we just want to, we're not going home. We are pressing <laughs> on with this vacation. Yes. No matter if it kills him. <laughs> right? We're going. Yeah, we are going. So we, I, I, can we just check into our room? I know it's early, you know, this whole thing. Yes, come. Your room is ready. We get there. Your room's not ready. Mm. And so he's like laying on the floor of a casino. No. <laughs> you know? Dying. And, um, any Which, way. if you're going to lay on a floor, it's not a casino floor that <laughs> no, you want to lay ever. on. I mean, FYI, it's not a good idea. No. You're, you're going to pick up another disease. He now has, sure. a, yeah, another disease for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get into the room, and he's like, I just, finally, he's like, I got to go to bed. So he sleeps that whole first day. We wake up in the morning, and I'm like, we've got to take him to a minute clinic. Like, there's mm-hmm. got to be something right here. Because he has to get on antibiotics. You know, antibiotics save you while killing you. I get it for all the non-antibiotic people. I understand. But we had to have a vacation, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because now we're two days in and nothing has happened except we've sat in hotel rooms. Are the kids happy or mad? Well, so he's out of it. Okay, yeah. Like, he's nothing. Yeah, he's passed out on the floor. Yeah. Right. My 14-year-old and my 11-year-old, we've given them cash. Okay. (laughs) And told them to go to the video game room. So we don't even see them at this point, right? Like, they're, I don't know, they could have been gambling, for all I know. Hey, if they won, you're good. (laughs) Exactly. I have no idea. Yeah. And actually, all those games are basically, like, for kids to gamble. You know, they get tickets. Right. And so then you end up getting stuffed animals that are, you know, you spend $75 on a stuffed animal. For sure. Anyway. So I'm like, we got to find a minute clinic. Sure enough, on the strip, there is, you know, one of those CVS minute clinics. Take him in there. And she is like, his throat is awful. I mean, it was the worst I've ever seen. She prescribes antibiotics. And, you know, I'm like asking this woman, what do you see here at the Minute Clinic on the Strip? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, so I'm glad you asked. Oh, of course I did. And she was just like, it is really disgusting. Oh. I mean, you can't even imagine. She's like, I have literally seen everything. No. Probably yeah. they're drunk when they come in, too. Yeah. No yeah. idea what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. So we get back. He gets on antibiotics, and we ended up having like a day and a half, two days, I think day and a half of like good vacation. Okay. In Vegas. <laughs> in Vegas. We were in Vegas. <laughs> we were in Vegas at the at Circus Circus where they have like an enclosed whole amusement park and the kids spent the entire day in there. 
Um, oh. And then we took him out to go to, uh, there was like a restaurant in the, in the hotel that we thought looked okay. fine, yeah. but it was actually Vince Neal. Is that his name? Like the lead singer of, um, I don't even, not Van Halen, but some other heavy metal, Motley Crue. Oh, fun. His restaurant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I can and, imagine what, yeah. Oh my gosh. We go and sit down in there and I'm just like, what are we doing? I don't even understand this at all, but <sighs> everybody had fun. I got home. We got home on Wednesday night uh-huh. late. We drove home Wednesday night late, which on the way home, one more thing, and then I'll stop complaining. Uh, on the way home, we got, there's like this windy road up through a hill, up, a, up through a mountain. Yeah. And there was an accident at the end of this. It took us, and this is not an exaggeration. It took us two hours to go five miles. Oh, the And there's worst. no way to turn around. So that was basically our trip. And then I got home and then I had to be at the airport at five o'clock in the morning the next on day. Thursday to go to Nashville. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So... Yeah, all that to say, it was probably the best. We nailed it. We nailed, nailed spring it. break hard. <laughs> and, but no one else got strep throat. I mean, no, that's a win. No, crazy. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that until you said that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good news. That's I've never been, up. yeah, see, finding the good. I've never been to Vegas. Oh, well. <laughs> I have some people that are like, it's great, the food's awesome, everything's cheap, and then other people are like, it's disgusting, don't go. Well, it's both. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's the already and the not yet. It okay. is both of those okay. things. Everything is super inexpensive and you can do really fun things. Um, like they have good fun shows that aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go watch like eighties music, you know, they awesome. have like the best people. Yeah. Anyway. So yes, everything's cheap and it's fun and. But then there's also pretty, some gnarly stuff. That, sure. Well, you know, um, the sister wives all live there. I didn't I know that. Know You're into that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that show. And I don't know why, but I have seen every single episode, plus all the behind the scenes and everything. And they lived outside of Vegas. I know, which seems so ironic to me. I didn't know. I didn't know that. But I don't watch the show. So. I don't know why I enjoy that kind of sh- that show. I think I'm very intrigued by it. Well, I feel like you need to go to counseling over it. I might need to. Like, one time I asked Aaron, like, because, you know, it's one man and three wives or four yeah. or whatever, whatever you want to call it, whatever, when, anyhow. Um, because one I, of them's not married to him, right? Well, They're only, like, I think only, surely only one of them is legally married to him, right? I should know this. I never oh. joined the fan club, but whatever. So there's <laughs> four women and one husband. And I'm telling Aaron about this one time. And I just asked him, would, would you like that? And he said it's actually the worst thing he could ever think of. He's like, I can't even keep one woman happy. Why would I want four? And I was like, okay, there you go. Well, good thing he said that and not like, well, yeah, would you consider? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I always joke with my closest girlfriends. I'm like, I would have you guys as sister wives any day, but you got to bring your own husband. Like, we're not sharing. But I like the idea of the women hanging yeah. out and helping each other and raising kids and having fun. But we each need our own husband, which well, yeah, I guess that's, is called that's community and not sister wives. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I'm not sure, Jamie, but I think that might be called the church. It is. It is. Exactly. I'm getting a little bit confused here. Maybe that's why I love sister wives so much. I just love that concept of people helping each other and living life together. Hello. I want you to use that in one of your next books, okay, Jessica? You can, you can relate the church to sister wives. I, we have I gone downhill. I, you know, actually, I feel like that's a goal now. Thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and write a blog on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you reading these days? Um, <laughs> uh, I re- <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you, but, and then if you need to edit it, you can. <laughs> oh, there's no editing here, girl. <laughs> Okay, I just read this memoir that this guy wrote, uh-huh. and it's called um, Homeschool Sex Addict. Oh, I love listen, it. Listen, listen. Before, I mean, I'm so honest. I probably should have just said, oh, I'm reading a commentary on religion. <laughs> okay, listen. The guy grew up in, like, a really legalistic homeschool setting. Okay. And so. I, I want to hear what he has to say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he's self-published and it's really short and there's no like, it's just stories of his life uh-huh. and he's really funny. So it's not like risque, like it sounds. No, not yeah. at all. But that's what makes it funny because his idea when he was in homeschooled, his idea 
of a sex addict is like someone who thinks about holding a girl's hand, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny stories of him. Yeah. And there's no like, there's no end. I, I was surprised the book was over. It, it's short. Yeah. Okay. I actually read that last night and today I finished it. It's well, that short. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up because that sounds hilarious. It, there's some really funny parts. And then like he's the, the, the cover of the book is a picture, actual picture of him when he was home. <laughs> he was homeschooled? He, yeah. Holding his clarinet. And it's just funny. I was homeschooled. Okay. So for okay, everybody so- that homeschools. I, I was actually, and I homeschooled my kids for a period of time. Yeah. It's just, it's like poking fun at your own culture. Right. And so that, it was hilarious to me. Um, it may not be for everybody. And I felt a little weird about my kids getting my computer and then my Kindle <laughs> app flashing up, homeschool sex addict. That felt a tiny bit weird. That would have been funny though. That would have made a really even better story. Oh, yeah. So I'm reading that and I also started and then that's my not serious. Uh-huh. And then I also started a book called Suburbianity. Okay. So like Christianity and suburbs combined. Uh-huh. Suburbianity. And it's by a guy named Brian Yawn. Okay. Which is funny because if you're an author or a pastor, you don't want your last, your last name, name to be Yawn. Yawn. No. No, never. Um, it, Byron Yawn. And it is really good. It kind of, I've just started it, but it's sort of destroying all the myths like, Chick-fil-A is Christian food, um, you know, stuff um, like that. Well, just so you know, I used to be a vegetarian, but I, uh, but I, I was a vegetarian, but I ate Chick-fil-A cause it was Christian chicken. <laughs> so that was no. always, oh yeah. Oh my I'm like, God. this is Christian chicken. <laughs> no. Oh dear. Um, so it's good. You like it? I do. I do. So it's, you know, talking about, you know, the United States is not a Christian nation. It's just what? going through Jessica, all of our things. What? I know. I'm sorry. I just blew people away. You did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it just goes through all of our little hobby horses that we uh-huh. ride, especially Ooh. suburban Christians. Uh-huh. I want to read just, this. Yeah. It blows them apart. It's like um, the things people believe and follow that aren't really in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Right. So a lot of, I mean, what I've read so far is good and I've heard really good things about it. Uh-huh. Um, so I just started that. That's what I'm reading. What about you? Um, well, I just... I'm not being silly because I'm talking to you. I did just finish your book. Um, loved it. And I just started a book by a friend of mine named Jillian Lauren. It's called Everything You Ever Wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's a memoir about, I'm actually like six pages in, but it's a memoir about her and her husband adopting their child from Ethiopia. Mm. So this is also my friend who I think she'll be on the podcast in a couple of months, whatever. She mm-hmm. wrote a book I read a couple of years ago called Some Girls. Mm-hmm. And the tagline is "My life in a harem." Is that how you say it, harem? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I think. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's a memoir. I loved the book so much because I could really? not believe that this actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always recommend it. But I'm reading her book, "Everything You Ever Wanted," that comes out in a couple weeks, and it's I'm loving it because it's going to be about her adoption of her son, and I love that world. So there you go. Yeah. So like the struggles and the everything she's gone through with adopting. I'm thinking so because it's a memoir about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really feel like there's a lack of. I, I know I told you this last time we talked, but my best friend has adopted kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an adoptive family, and I think there's a real lack of honest discussion on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, I don't think there's a lot of. There's a lot in the in the Christian community. There's a lot of it's really good, and it is. I'm not saying it's not, but I think there's also like, hey guys, let's take a realistic look. There is, um, and I was looking for a book on my bookshelf that someone I can't find it, so I'll probably leave this out. But someone just gave me a book where they wrote about adoption. And I need it. It's not out yet to read, mm-hmm. and it's about like real stuff. So yeah, I hope it, it, you're right. And you know what, my girlfriend and I just talked about that this morning, and you may even deal with this just in speaking and writing and having kids. But for me, I'm like, I've hit a point now where I can't really talk about my kids' struggles Yeah. because they're real people and the internet will live on forever. And it's not my story to tell. Um, and so that's hard because I want to be a, I want to be a a real voice about adoption, Mm -hmm. but how, how far can you do that without hurting your own children? Right. 
Right. And maybe that that with parenting sometimes though, even like for people like us that are speakers and writers, Mm -hmm. how much can you say without throwing your kids under the bus, you know? Yeah. And I've, I mean, any story that I share about my kids have been, it's been stuff that I've asked them about before I, Uh like, even as I'm considering it, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, here's what I'm, but that's like, that's something that they can't, like, I don't feel like with young kids, they can really decide that yet. No. You know, so with my kids, I, you know, they're 16, 14, and 11. They have a better grasp on what that means for me to talk about them. Yeah. And, you know, they come with me to stuff sometimes and yes. see how many people are there. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. But I feel like, and, and, you know, I've talked to them. I'm, a lot of times when I'm sharing their stories, like I'm sharing my own. I'm owning my own mess. Oh, that's it. what I was about to say. I was even thinking that lately, the more I talk about my kids, it's like really actually showing how bad of a parent I am sometimes yeah. and how much yeah. I need Jesus. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which is good because it is good. It is. Yeah, it is. We're owning our mess. We are. We are. I, I mean, but own- the- go ahead. I just say that like the coolest thing, like, as you said that I thought, Oh, but Christ owned our mess. Oh yeah. You know, that's, mm-hmm. That's where there's courage. That's where there's hope. And it's good for us to own our mess. Yeah. I want, I, I want to be honest about it, but like, oh, he actually owned it, owned it. Right. Like he paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it's really his now. Yeah. And you know what? I want to teach my kids that. So as I'm holding them to a high standard and not giving them grace for where they've messed up, I'm actually not teaching them that Christ took it from right. them. I'm yeah. teaching them that they actually owe me more because they didn't meet up. That's good. And they really don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. That's true. No, I don't know, do I, that. No, I, as my girlfriend and I were talking this morning, I told her again about all this stuff that God's been teaching me. Um, you know, a lot of it brought on by just this book about grace. And I told her that I was, I had one of my kids the other day and they were snuggled up in my lap and I was not disciplined. I wasn't yelling. I was, in, I thought I was doing like something really, really like gracious in parenting. I was talking to them about how they really let me down that day and they really disobeyed and blah, 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 blah. And they looked, and I thought, great parenting move right here. No one's yelling. Everyone's talking. And they looked at me and they said, you, all you've talked about is everything I did bad. Why do you even want me? Mm. And, I, and, and granted, I need to talk to my kids about when they mess because we're parenting them. We're bringing them up. Mm-hmm. But it just, mm-hmm. like, hit me in the heart. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, that is so true. For the past five minutes, all I've done is talk mm-hmm. to you about what you did wrong today, you know, yeah. and I did not apply the gospel to it. I did not talk about Jesus taking that on. I did not talk about how I fail. And so I was just like, I mean, I had to in that moment be like, you're right. And apologize, you know, yeah. and there I was thinking I'm doing something really good. No one's yelling, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was really just really gently speaking to them, to their heart and tell them they're not enough. Right. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. But yeah. it gave a moment for me to like confess and say, you're right. Yeah. When at first I wanted to be like, well, you know, because you haven't done much right today. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, oh, parenting's yeah. hard, Jessica. It, it is hard. It is hard. It's so hard. It is so hard. I always think, like, when my last child gets to 18, that'll be like, I don't know. I feel like that I'm going to be like, I breathe a sigh of, like, relief. Yeah. But that's not really true because we still parent until we die. So. We do. Yeah. <laughs> I always think that, too. Like, oh. Once they get to this stage or once it's this stage or, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no, I'm, cause I don't want to really rely on God. It's, yes. If we can just get them to hear then I have done my job well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bottom line is this. We need Jesus. Yes. Amen. Sister. We need Jesus. We do. Oh my gosh. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Well, Jessica, it is so fun to talk to you. Oh no, I love talking to you. It's so fun. I feel like that we just talked about like Nashville, Grace, <laughs> vacation, <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. Everything. Uh, okay. So your book, Everyday Grace. Yeah. When, um, does it come out? Well, it's, 
this is a little confusing. The official release date is not till April 21st. Okay. But it is out. Like, it is on Amazon. It is out now. So, Which means you can buy it and get it in your mailbox? Yes, you can get it now. Oh, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. But it actually started selling a month before the release date. Wow. I had okay. friends. Yeah, people getting it. And I got through. I'm like, wait, what? I didn't even. <laughs> what? Is it done? Know. Is the cover on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's available. It's in stores. It's in stores or in on your favorite now. website now. That sounded so good. Are you working on anything else? No. So I'm in a really busy travel season right okay. now. Um and then after that, I don't know. Um, when can we get you to come to Austin? Yeah. You, know, you invite me. I know. I talk to my, um, the guy that runs the kids at our church all the time. I'm like, I know him. Right? What's something? his name? John Murkison. Yes. He's probably yeah. reached out to you because literally I'm all the time like, we need to get Jessica in and I'll yeah. host her, you know. Yeah. Which really yeah. means we'll just eat Mexican food all day and <laughs> talk about Jesus. Yeah. That sounds like over a margarita, a yeah, yeah, over yeah. a little taste of heaven right yes, there. I know, I know. Can you imagine the margaritas in heaven? Oh my gosh! I mean, top shelf, top shelf, top, top <laughs> shelf. I don't have to order the happy hour margarita anymore because I'm cheap. Exactly. Because <laughs> everything is the best. That's right. Just so crazy, you know. <laughs> I love that we just went to talking about margaritas in heaven. <laughs> that brings like me great joy. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm going to put your link to your book in my show notes. Okay. Everyone can find it there. Okay. If you're listening and you're just dying to ask Jessica a question right now, you can send her a tweet at, at the Jess Lou. Yeah. What is that from? Hello. What? It's my name. Well, my name is Jessica Louise. Oh. So my grandma's name, middle name was Louise and my daughter's middle name is Louise. Okay. So got it. It's. Yeah, it's very Does much. Does anyone call you Jess Louise or Jess? No, she, she would. Okay. She passed away a couple of years ago, but she would like okay. throw that out every once in a while. Yeah. So Jessica Thompson, this is going to shock you, is a very common name. Surprise. <laughs> so I had to come up with something. I'm not, and now everybody, you know, it's the, gives me, everybody gives me a hard time, but it literally was the only thing that I could find. You know, oh, that I know. Ha incorporated my name. Yes. Which, by the way, I went to tweet you uh -huh. when we were talking, like when I was like, please call me because I yeah. can't find my phone. Uh -huh. And I went to tweet you and I tweeted a different. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I tweeted a Jamie, but it was a guy. And I'm like, please follow me with a smiley face. That's hilarious. Now, was and it just Jamie Ivy? I don't know what I did wrong, but. I want that twit. Twi oh my gosh. <laughs> you want that? <laughs> I think I just said a bad word. You might have. Yeah. <laughs> I want that Twitter name. But some guy has it, and he has, like, he's tweeted, like, six times and has four followers. Oh, so annoying. Yes. Yeah, that's not right. Because mine is Jamie underscore Ivy. Right. Which is dumb, too. Right. Well, it's not as dumb as the Jess Lou, but whatever. <laughs> the Jess so, Lou, whatever. I tweeted the guy and asked him to follow me. I'm curious to get off the phone and see if he actually did. Well, if he does, tell him that you have a friend that wants his his <laughs> okay. name and he needs to give it up. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it so funny. It probably looked like such a spam. Will you follow me? I want to DM you. Hey, He's but you know what? Like, if it's that guy, I sent him the same message last week because I'm going <laughs> to ask him about it. So he's like, who are these women wanting to direct message me? Oh, that's funny. Hilarious. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. Have a good Thanks rest of your week. Guys, I told you Jessica was awesome. Isn't she just so much fun? Like, you just want to sit around and have Mexican food and laugh with her. I love her so much. I'm glad you liked it. I'm giving away two copies of her book, Everyday Grace, or on Instagram. So go find me at Jamie Ivy super easy to enter and I'll pick a winner in a couple days. I want to say thank you to two people who left comments over on my Instagram account. One lady said, love the happy hour. And I love even more getting friends into listening to it. Then we have our own happy hour on Boxer talking about the podcast. So thankful you keep doing this podcast. How fun is that? That they're listening to the podcast and chat about it on Boxer. You girls know who you are. Uh, that's so fun. Another comment, one plum tree said, Listening to this right now while I clean the house a bit and do laundry. I use the hour as a timer for going full force the whole time and then feel accomplished and inspired at the end. It's a win-win. Love what you're doing and thank you for staying dedicated to it. Thanks so much for listening. A lot of people say that they listen while they do housework or clean. A lot of people say they listen when they work out. 
it's just so fun. And so thank you for joining us. It means the world that you listen. I love bringing you these amazing women on the show that I think are doing great things and I get to introduce you to them as well. And so that is one of my favorite things that I get to do is introduce you to amazing women. Coming up soon with new guests, I have Shawnee Gwitz coming on the show, Melanie Dale, Tasha Morrison, Winter Pitts, Megan Boudreaux. I got a great list of people coming. So keep listening. Tell your friends. If you haven't subscribed, head over to iTunes and do that. Guys, have a great weekend and happy May. It's May now. Have a great weekend and I will see you next week on the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.